All right, we're back. Speaking with Gravity, I am Curvin, your co-host. I'm D, And I'm Ty. And we are a mental health podcast that talk about how everything affects everything. And then today we got some guests to help us with this topic that we've chosen for today. So I'm going to let them introduce themselves so I don't mess it up too badly. And I'm going to try to say your name correctly. Is it Miss Miriam? Yes. All right. Introduce yourself. Tell us who you is, what you do for a living. No, nah, not what you do for a living, <laughs> but, you know, what you do. Whatever you want to share with us. Um, hi, I am Miriam. I work as an administrative coordinator for USC School of Medicine in Greenville. I love traveling, shopping, eating, um, <laughs> um, family-oriented, um, and career-driven. Okay. And we also have Ms. Mill. Can I say your last name or you just, just say your don't all right, Miss Miss Mill Ivory. Uh, I know her from childhood. We went to high school together, um, but she also hosts a uh, a podcast that I listen to almost every time she puts something out. Some of the stuff is just I just can't I just can't what do. What you it. mean? You but uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. Okay, so my name is Mill Ivory. As he mentioned, I am the host of Closed Door Conversations. It is not for the verbally sensitive, okay? If you're looking for some real and raw, come on over there and holler at your girl. <laughs> I am also an entrepreneur, so she, oh, I am claiming it right now. I'm on a million-dollar track. So I, um, you can shop my products at A to Z Creations. This is one of them, black-owned business. Um, a to Z Creations is a-zecreations.com. All right, and as y'all know by now, should be at this point uh, of the episode, we do what we call Twitter discussions, where we have an open dialogue about something that I've seen on the internet, more or less. Um, and today, uh, we're going to go with um, something that was in uh, one of these groups on Facebook that I'm in, a part of, which is Black Therapist Rock. And what was put out there hey was... Oh. oh, okay. <laughs> she was a green black therapist, rock. Okay, absolutely. All right. And uh, what was put out there was, uh, what did your mother teach you about relationships and embody in her own life? Did it help or hurt you in your own romantic relationships? I'm gonna let y'all take this away. Um, my mom watched this sometimes, so I don't know what she gonna say if I say whatever I want to say about it, but. Uh, D, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to you first. You need me to repeat this? Yeah, say it for me one more time. All right. What did your mother teach you about relationships and and embodying her own life? Did it help or hurt you in your own romantic relationships? My mother was a single lady who, um, mm, she was single and independent. Um, and so what she um, taught me through her relationships was really never really to depend on anyone to get it for herself. Um, and I think that hurt and helped me yeah. um, in terms of relationships because um, I can be very strong in nature. Yes, you can. Um, and hold my own weight. <laughs> and so I'm not used to people trying to do stuff me out of turn um, and so I'm not always receptive of that so I think that she taught me how to be strong but she didn't always teach me how to be humble and to to be emotionally vulnerable and submissive. to my counterparts yeah she, she didn't teach you to be submissive either excuse me <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry I didn't drop my phone and everything scared that she gonna say something uh, yeah. but Don't nah yeah, I know, right? <laughs> when you step in it, stay nah, in I'm, it. I'm, no, I'm going to step right back out. <laughs> um, I'm just going to go ahead and go on over to you. Um, so my mom has been married to my dad for 40 years. Um, it's myself and my two sisters, so all girls. Um, my mom, she taught me to really be, like, <clears throat> strong-minded. So, yes, what a, like Dee said, what a man does is extra. And then once you're used to being an independent woman, it is hard to accept that from a man. And so it's like you run them away. But also she taught me don't deal with anything you don't have to or you don't mm. want to. So when you see these red flags, it's time to go. Um, it's not about – I think a lot of people have issues as far as – leaving a relationship that they see the red flags in because they're worried about what other people think or um, 
explaining that to other people and you don't have to but if you're not happy leave and so she definitely taught me that um and it shows in my relationships now like you do one wrong thing <laughs> i gotta go <laughs> oh, no. it shouldn't run a man it should not run a man away that you're independent though you know if he want you and he's independent on his own he okay. should be able to handle that's your a independence. Whole conversation. I disagree. Um, <laughs> you disagree? Yes, I actually had. Um, I've mm-hmm. had several guys say, "Oh, I don't meet your standards, or I don't think I can change to be um, the kind of guy that you need, or the guy, kind of guy that you deserve because you're so strong and independent." Well, he wasn't and independent. He, he wasn't. wasn't yeah, he wasn't yeah. independent. So, like I, he, so no. I had to go. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I agree with that. He he wasn't. He, he wasn't ready, uh, as uh, Tiffany had to say. Uh, I wasn't ready. Oh, I'm ready. He wasn't ready. Mill, did you want to um, chime in on that or tie? Either one of y'all? I mean, I'm good. Okay. We're going to get a lot out of you this episode. I mean, I got something to say, but I ain't going to say Go ahead. Go ahead and say it. Go ahead. Put it on out there. <laughs> well, put it on front street. My mother and my father was married for years, forever, like 15 years, and then they divorced. Mm. So I kind of got both mm-hmm. the good and the bad. But the main thing I think that I got out of relationship is um, my mother, my grandmother, my aunt, we truly was a family where a village raised us. Mm. So we was taught, our family was very religious, so we was taught that a man is supposed to provide and protect. And I was always told by my grandfather, (laughs) if a man can't treat you as good as I treat you, Mm. you don't need him. Mm. And my daddy would always say, baby, I love you for who you are. And a man should do the same. same. So I've always stuck with that. I have no problem with being submissive, believe it or not. I love to wear the panties and let the man wear the pants. I love right. it. I love it. But you got to you have to earn that with me. Right. I don't you it's don't a privilege. How how would he earn it? He would it would come natural. Mm. If, if if you protect and provide and nurture me in my love languages, the things that I need to make me happy, it's gonna come natural. I'm gonna be ready to submit to you. Even in the strongest woman, yes. submission right. is not Agreed. an issue. Right, and mm-hmm. and just like that, I feel like guys, that was insecurity. Like you definitely mm-hmm. can't be insecure and deal with a strong woman, not, especially not a strong black woman. Or be intimidated by our language. No, or how how I switch it up when I'm being professional and I have to <laughs> turn it off when I remember I'm from Mount Rose. <laughs> <laughs> I would also say Miss Neil Ivory, y'all. I would also say being educated women that does intimidate a lot of guys that mm. because they feel like they have to be on the exact same level as us to make us happy, and that's not it. Like we like you for who, who you, you are. are, right? Um, so I, I think I, that's I and I feel like I it's, a, it's a no no for me. Like you, I wouldn't even have to get to a red flag. I'm we're not even getting to a red flag because once you tell me that I'm but. I'm a habitual ghoster. Habitual ghoster. Habitual ghoster. Can you break that down for us? Um, like she said that she has dated guys and the guys might tell her, like, I don't feel like, you know, I can live up to your standards and she still deal with them. See, that's a no for me. Like, especially on if we on the no, first date. That's a live. Oh, okay, thank you. Do I need to pay for my own food? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. I ain't got time for it. Yeah, that's the last conversation. So, because you're insecure. So ultimately, y'all would say that uh, it helped you in relationships. What you've seen up until this point, has I think helped you have you. to. It's personal. It, okay. it can help and hurt you at the same time because even though you know that strength is what we possess and it is our strength, sometimes it can be um, intimidating. And for a lot of men, it's it's to the point of where we don't always see it how they're pr- receiving it, and it's all about not our intentions but the perception in which we are com- communicating because at the end of the communication, day communication that's just right. what i we was going to say it's all, all about communication at the end of the day i was in a long-term relationship i actually was engaged and i was going to marry this man because he he really taught me i tell people this he taught me how to still hold my identity in being in a relationship mm-hmm. he communicated that for me that's deep, because mm-hmm. uh, you do have to do that. A lot of people get lost in uh, in the relationship and lose themselves, lose mm-hmm. what they like, uh, what they dislike, what their uh, goals are uh, in life because of that relationship. So that's that's big. Um, going into 
this particular episode, um, which is stirring away from relationships and going a step further. Um, once you're in that relationship, you, you have a, a, a child. Um, we're going to start off with the quotable data of the hour. So the QD of the hour, again, it's just another version of our fun facts. Info for you to give to your family, friends, colleagues, coworkers, and church members. 70% of mothers with kids under age 18 work outside the home. And 40% of those moms are the family breadwinners. The majority of that 40% are single mothers. And uh, our episode, do you got it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, our episode, uh, the introduction to this kind of lead us into what we're talking about, the topic. All right. So no matter what choices are made about children, mothers often feel they can do better. If guilt is a mother's primary emotion, it can override other pertinent information such as pride, affection, and empathy. While we all realize there is no perfect way to parent, we still feel bound to parent in a certain way according to the ever-changing parenting book of our generations. Where do we begin and where do we stop with the trends of mommy guilt? So our topic today, mommy guilt, managing your mental health while raising your children. This is fairly new to me. Uh, I haven't heard it termed as, as such. So let's just dialogue into that. Let's start there. What is mommy guilt uh, in y'all own language? Or have you seen it? You know, have you had, a, had it? Do you, have you heard it from anybody? If it wasn't you personally to our, oh, I'm sorry. Did I introduce you? We did introduce the guest, didn't we? Yeah, that means All right. So to my guest first, um, what is what is mommy guilt? Have you heard of it? Have you experienced it yourself? Um, Either one of y'all? Yes. So in my eyes, in my opinion, mommy guilt is just feeling like you're never doing enough when in fact you're doing the best. Mm-hmm. Like your child appreciates so much um, and you just feel like you're never doing enough. So it's like you're on a treadmill and you just steady, you know, pushing. Sure. You got, how many you got? I have one. He's five. Okay, all right. And what about you? Well, so (laughs) mommy guilt for me manifested actually in um, terms of my son's mental health. Um, I have a son that suffers um, from bipolar depression and some other mental health issues. And it manifested in me because I felt like what I was thinking like, what could I have done differently? Or did I not do something right? And, you know, just the same as you, I basically did everything right. And I had to basically seek counseling myself to realize that it's not you, it's his interpretation of things. So that's how mine manifested. Okay. Um, You had something? Um, So for me, when I think about mommy girl, I think about kind of what Miriam said and, and kind of um, it's me as well when you're talking about trying to give your children the best life they can possibly achieve and then when something doesn't go as you perceive it should be feeling like there is something different that you should have done or that you would have done. For an example um, when I was younger I never wanted to have a child out of wedlock um, because I just had seen the impact of you know not having a two-parent Um, from my own personal experience. And I just wanted my child to have both parents present. Um, So when I conceived my son, of course, I was not married and I was not with his dad. So I had that mommy guilt that my son doesn't have rights to both his parents. Because, you know, I, again, got in a relationship with somebody or got involved with somebody I wasn't in a relationship and we weren't together. So I felt bad that, you know, my son wasn't going to have that, that come home to both parents. Um, and it took me a while to kind of come out of that spacing of he still can have two effective parents even if we don't share the same household. Um, but that was that was an example of mommy guilt that I felt. And then too, you know, when I first had my son, finances were in a different state, um, so I I couldn't give my son everything that I had seen other people do. You know, in terms of. You know, they got some, some stuff out here for these babies now. Yes, um, yes. You know, two and three hundred dollar items. Um, all the things that, you know, they say are, are help you, your child be secure and all of these things. I couldn't always afford them. Um, and so I felt guilty because 
And why you going to help that? You can't give them, you know, you can't, you can't do these things. So those were the type of experiences I initially had. And that's what kind of mommy guilt was for me just, again, that never being able to give my child enough or be enough um, in that state. So that's kind of what it looks like for me. So h- how does that manifest? Because um, I don't know if it's just because I'm a guy. Like, if I ain't got it, I ain't got it. And women are natural nurturers. Mm-hmm. So with women being nurturers, it's going to be different. God did that on purpose. You, that's why it's very important, like you were saying, that both parents are involved mm-hmm. in the child's life because God made the mother, women, to be nurturers. And so the disciplinary is the father. Jesus going to make me beat my kids. No, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, not just that, but, you know, those, are, especially when it comes to boys, mm-hmm. it's only a man can teach a boy how to become a man. Well, you ain't going to get no qualms from me on that one, but um, somebody else might differ. But I, I, I see what you're saying. I see where well, you're going I'm with it. Well, I'm telling them from somebody that, that has a – see, my kids are older than y'all. So I've, I didn't experience that um, – I didn't experience that guilt of not being able to provide. I did initially experience, because I was a teenage mother. Mm -hmm. I had my daughter in high school. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I had my son two years after high school. So I more or less like, oh, I'm finna get it, Mm because they not gonna want for nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, So their grandmother was active in their life, their father was in and out, you know? And so I dealt with the opposite of giving them too much mm-hmm. or trying to make sure, right, mm-hmm. because we had a village. And so I think that's why I was able to tell where my manifestation came in because mm-hmm. it was later on. My baby's 25. So after thinking about it, then it, it came about like, okay, I'm seeing what I've done so far, how it's transpired, how it's affected them. That's what you're saying? I'm saying that... Um, I just didn't, like, basically, I think mommy guilt is kind of the same for everybody, because I still felt like, like you were saying, you felt guilty because you could not give, but I felt like, why are we going through this? You had everything. Uh, mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You, you, I, same thing with people, t- keep them busy. Anything. He was in sports since he was four years old. Like, I'm confused. I'm giving you the world, it's not enough. You know, so it kind of manifested the same feelings, but mm. because of the the different aspects of life. Correct. And I think too, you know, Kerwin, kind of like what you're saying. How do we get here? You constantly have a perception of motherhood um, put in our face in television, in movies, and streams, and kind of what it is. Um, you're pressured into a lot of things. Um, you know, the argument as simple as how do you feed your baby. Right, that's that's a that's a trend now right. to where if you're not you know breastfeeding and you're in, in, in some states people say you're an inadequate mother. Really? It, yeah, like there's a lot of things of what it is to be a good mother, and so you know in terms of that, if you buy into a lot of things, it can really mess you up when it comes to this idea of mommy guilt and whether you're doing the right thing because like she said. If your child is born, you know, special needs or anything of that nature, a lot of parents take on, I must have did something wrong, when really it's not about that. It's just children develop differently, and children have different responses to situations. And so it just, it's, I think it's a lot of different things that kind of create this notion of, of mommy guilt. And I think I like what you're saying because I never thought it in that way. Mommy guilt goes on even beyond just their childhood. We're talking about adulthood, and we're still holding on to baby. our experience of mommy guilt. Baby, your child holding on to you. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'd be like, <laughs> 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 for real. But, yeah. And so I think that's part of it, too, that lets you know, too, when you, important, very important, for you to think about your mental health, Ill, your, your mental health when you're dealing with mommy guilt and other things because it helps you to understand that it's not about, it's really not about you. You're internalizing something mm. that has nothing to do with you. 
because as you said, it's just all about their perception and how they're developing. It didn't have nothing to do with you, and unless you're abusive. And yeah. I would also say a lot of moms that go through postpartum, mm -hmm. um, like in the, I think in the African-American community, there's this stereotype that you're not supposed to get therapy. You're supposed to be the strong black woman. So it's like when we go through postpartum, we don't tell anybody. I went through it. I did not tell anybody. So my mom did not even know that until I was, you know, my son was like four, mm -hmm. three or four. And I finally told him, like, hey, I had postpartum. And so that kind of influences how you treat your child. So in turn, yeah. it's like I want him to play every sport there is. If he want to play it, he play it. He has everything he could ever imagine. Like, And I've always worked two jobs since he was born, been in school full time, got two degrees. So it's like, I'm not spending enough time with him, but he's content, he's fine. So it's like that alone, like, oh, I take all these trips, but I'm not spending time with my child, and that's not fair. So that creates mommy guilt. Yeah, did you know you was going through postpartum at the time? I did. Because most people don't even know that they're actually experiencing that. Um, is does uh, does postpartum look different from mom, mommy guilt or is it an extension of it? Sometimes I feel like it's an extension. I've looked at too. Yeah. Oh, sometimes yeah. I I feel like it can manifest as an extension because of what she said that she treated him differently. You know, when you have postpartum, is you don't have mommy guilt. You just don't have that nurturing that God automatically instills mm -hmm. in you. So you treat your child like they're the problem. Yeah, like um, it shows up. Whole another conversation. Emotions, your behavior. It showed up in what? In your emotions, your behavior. I was breastfeeding, and then I did not want to eat. Post, you know, I wasn't wanting to eat. I was depressed, so that took a turn. And you know, my mom, she was. I think she probably knew, but I didn't tell her. And so she would just come make sure I ate. She was making sure I drank plenty of water, making sure we were fine. Um, and so, yeah, I really, that's an extension of it. And we mask that because we're supposed to be strong. And then goes into the stereotype of not being able to get therapy or if you get therapy, you're crazy. And that's not true. Oh, I fucking love that. <laughs> it's okay. It's really okay. I freaking <laughs> love therapy. Like, I don't but. care what nobody say. When I see people, I tell people, my, my, my sister, my daughter, my son, they tell you, they, you always tell people that. People, you need to go talk to somebody. <laughs> Have you seen somebody about that? <laughs> you need. <laughs> I need to give you my card then, so you can just hand it <laughs> yes, off to sir. some people. I know a black one. Yeah. Give me your. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but um, when you said you think your mom knew, kind of knew, but she didn't really say, and you were more or less hiding it or not talking to her about mm -hmm. it, um, that that gave me let that led me to the thought of I wonder have more African American uh, women experienced it like in the 70s in the 60s and and, and because they experienced it maybe they didn't know the word for it maybe they didn't get therapy but because they experienced that it's like okay let me help this baby let me mm -hmm. without telling her or saying okay it's okay yeah. for therapy that's how they did it in their own own way that that's mm -hmm. it's kind of like my family like, girl we, they would pray about everything Oh. She, would, she would do laundry, she would come cook, she would wash dishes, oh, like no. get the baby while I took a nap. Like even now, my mom gets him probably four or five days a week. Every evening when she gets off work, she comes to get him. They spend a couple hours together, he comes back home. So it's like, it's my break. What you saying? I think it's the, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm listening <laughs> to both of them and I'm hearing the significance of the village mm -hmm. and really having a support system in place. I think that's another thing that sometimes affect people different when we're talking about the mental health of women during their experience with parenting because everybody's support looks different, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, Miriam talks about, you know, how her mom is there. Well, my mom was deceased. Um, so, you know, that's another element of you stepping into a, a identity or a role that really you don't have any direct guidance of. And so that can affect people because you're now having to utilize what is. Um, and so, some of what, you know, the way my mom parent is not the way that I can parent my son now because things are different, right? There's a lot more uh, stipulations and things. You know, my mom was, was believed um, in some things and I, I can hold true to some of them, but some of her ways were not affected. 
Um, and so, you know, just really trying to find a balance in between, you know, what's going to work best for my child. And then, you know, again, not making sure I'm not overextending, you know, or doing too much of things. So I think it's a lot that goes into this. I really like that both of you ladies in your own perspective are talking about village, but the village looking different. But did you feel guilty? I think because that's a whole nother thing. Like, I would think I would, I experienced that. In the fact that when I had my kids, my mother had went back to Texas because we were originally from Texas. So I was in Greenwood, and they didn't have that grandmother. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I felt some type of way about it. It is a level of guilt. I think for me, um, it, it was a guilt all around, and even when you're talking mm -hmm. about postpartum, because I experienced postpartum with my son, um, and as a person that was going through getting my master's at the time, I knew what depression looked like, but I wasn't going to admit to anybody that that's what I was going through. Um, you know, the doctors asking me questions, I'm like, you experienced some of this? Nope. 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 Um, because of, you, we're, we're black women and, you know, black, black women all around the world have done this. I'm not the first person to have to go through this. Here's what we do. So, I, you know, we got to carry ourselves. And I think when you talk about, you know, is this something that we've always done? I think it is been something that we've mm -hmm. always experienced. You see it more as, I think, in previous generations, you had more of the grandmother village. Auntie stayed next door, grandma stayed right here, cousin so-and-so stayed right here. So even if you didn't realize you had a village, you had a village. Like, the neighbors knew everybody. If I got in trouble... Everybody in that on that street, anybody had permission to whoop me, anybody had permission to discipline me because that's what it looked like. Now that's not the case. You can't say nothing to other people's children. Oh, um, you know, so that's kind of, again, another element of guilt because I'm really having to create this network of village for my son in a sense. Um, in terms of that, so there was a level of guilt by not my, you know, my mom not being there, even though I had no control over the way in which he didn't experience it. Yeah, as I'm listening to y'all too, uh, it this takes me to how important it is to like kind of vet your therapist because I'm this is a learning episode for me. Uh I'm aware of postpartum. I see I'm you a, I'm a, in. Yeah, I'm sucking it in. I wasn't aware about um mommy guilt. And so if someone was to come to me for that reason, I I can help you with symptoms um that may be you know tied to that but I really don't understand postpartum. I really don't understand mommy guilt, and I'll have to go and really do some research or reach out to somebody about it. But that's, you know, from a person that's thinking about therapy, it's important to vet the person that you are um, asking to help you to make sure that that's their, their level of expertise or, you know, interest so that they can better help you as opposed to just kind of, uh, you know, put a Band-Aid over some but stuff. the fact that you're willing to learn also someone if you – was the type of therapist to say somebody come and see me? He was like, "Look, I'm really not familiar with that. Let me let me look into it. Or would you like me to refer you to someone else?" That's just like someone would really appreciate that honesty. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, okay, we're gonna work through this together with your education and the tools that you can give me, you know. And sometimes that actually may be a plus. No, oh, yeah, could be yeah. new waters for everybody. So, um, who who does this affect? Is it just single mothers? Is it um, who, who does does it affect everybody? everybody. I, that might be a dumb question, but everybody. hey, I'm gonna ask it. <laughs> I would say everybody. Um, I had this <clears throat> coworker. She was married, had just had a baby. Um, her husband was there, but you know, when you're taking care of the baby by yourself, it's like that's a lot, and it's like especially when your family's not close. It's like, oh my god, I'm at home. I'm stuck in the house for six weeks with this crying newborn baby can't do anything can't shower can't eat in peace and that's a lot and like then just imagine going through grief on top of that like me my grandma she died two months before I had my son so I was experiencing grief and then postpartum I'm a new mom like I've raised nieces and nephews but what do I do so you can't take him back home Mm -mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna interject um, because I don't have children, but <clears throat> as I'm listening, I'm just thinking, um, and I'm gonna be real transparent. 
I've never experienced mommy guilt because I don't have children, but I'm just thinking I was in a relationship um, where children were involved, and I'm, I'm just looking at myself, and I'm not being judgmental, but it's like I didn't know how to show up for children because I guess given the person that I am, you know, it was always me, 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 me. And I never babysat growing up. Uh-uh, I'm not watching nobody, kids. No, they knew. I don't really know how to change a diaper. You know, so I feel I experienced these feelings of guilt, not in addition to the relationship, but it was a part of it. It's like, dang, what could I have done differently? Dang, am I not as nurturing? Dang, how am I going to be if I'm a mom? You know what I'm saying? Based off of my experience when children were present and I didn't show them the type of motherly love that was wanted, I guess, from the parental standpoint, you know? Um, and that still sticks with me today. So as you guys are talking, it's like, Exactly, you know, and it's like, ugh, you know. Is but it, that's good. That's good because yeah. when if other people are experiencing it, I'm actually oh, I'm taking over. The, I'm sorry. No, no, it's we, a habit. I'm a host. because <laughs> it's good that you brought that up though, mm -hmm. because you know people listening to this podcast probably is thinking the same thing. Hmm. So the fact that you said that. <laughs> Somebody probably was like, yep, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> so. And it, it also shows your nurturing side. If right. you're feeling guilty now, it's like you're a nurturer, right? <laughs> well, All you. women are nurturers. <laughs> it's just that. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> you, I don't know. When it comes, you'll be fine. And I mm -hmm. think, too, we, have to, we can't deny society's <laughs> influence to what. You're going you to talk into the mic so they can hear you. Oh, I apologize. Um, <laughs> I think we cannot deny what society teaches us motherhood looks like. Mm. Even the notion of, you know, stepmommy, um, you know, when you are in a relationship with somebody who has outside children. And so the role and the expectation of what am I supposed to do, what's hands-on, what's hands-off, you know, even that puts you in a state of kind of that mommy guilt because, you know, if I'm in a relationship with the father of your children, I'm sharing the responsibility of them whether I want to or not in some capacity. When they are with the with someone, their safety is my responsibility just as if they were my children. And that's kind of, I think, a notion of what sometimes create guilt for some women. I'm not going to say all women because right. um, some women... <laughs> In conversations <laughs> I have learned, some women don't care. And they ratchet, yes. and I don't care. They ratchet. Because um. what woman, what full-grown woman is not going to allow a man to father his kids That's the way right. that he should? And what full-grown woman is going to treat another child? She need to have mommy guilt for that. I'm How you going to treat somebody else's child the way you don't want your, tri your child treated? I'm mad that you keep saying full-grown. Full grown. If they full, if, if they, they grown, if no, they grown and they full. No, no, because it's some, it's some, it's some boys that's men. Okay, but out there, speaking, and some girls that's women. Speaking of boys and men, based on what y'all are saying, as a man wanting to support full my wife, full grown man <laughs> wanting to support my my wife, how can I show up and, and and help? Like how 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 does that support look for? Either the husband, the wife, I mean, excuse me, the husband or the uh, baby daddy or the brother or the uncle. First of all, the husband cannot be put in the same. I personally don't feel, I think I've got the most experience here. Oh, <laughs> no, no. Uh -huh. I, got, I got four kids. <laughs> no, we're the same age, though. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about these women. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> don't okay. do me. Okay. Okay, like I said. I'm pretty sure they will agree, though, that you cannot put a husband and what he can do to help in the same conversation as with a baby daddy. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because yeah. as a husband, we're in the home together. So what you can do is help share the responsibilities with me. As a, a child's father, you can, I don't like baby daddy. I know I'm ghetto, but I don't like baby daddy. <laughs> But as the child's father, I, I don't like the term baby agree, dad, baby mom. It's the mother of the child, father. Yeah. Yeah. And the father. So as the father, what you can do is still be present in the child's life. You can be present for in the child's life, but absent from the mother. Stay out of her business. <laughs> you want to spend time with your child, you make time to come and get your child, or you pick your child up on certain days to do homework. 
you show up at these games, especially if it's a boy, you're going to show up mm -hmm. and you're going to do these things. As a husband, the fact that you're the husband and you're the leader of the house, that's going to already come natural. I, I say this. Yes, it's two separate conversa conversations for sure. Because as a husband, it's your duty to provide and protect for your wife and your children. Correct. As the children's father, all you have to do is take care of this child, and that's it. Whether this be a break from your no, kids. He, no, he should a, still be providing and protecting. No, 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 no. Because then that's where boundaries get crossed, and that's right. when you get those children's fathers that dip into mom's relationships. Mom cannot have healthy romantic relationships because here he comes. Well, why, you know. But now I know it that is, take two. It is the father's yeah, yeah. no. It is the father's responsibility to protect and provide for that child. That mother is no longer his responsibility. Rather, she's single, entangled, no, married no, or not. No, <laughs> to some degree, she is because she's the guardian of that child when he is not present. So I got to still try to look out for her, if at all, if to a certain if degree, at all possible. My ex fiance actually brought his ex a vehicle. So his kids can get to school. Oh, okay. I was cool with okay. that. You know, her car broke down. They had okay. to get to school to a certain degree. For the kids, to get I don't school. know. I, I think, see, that's, that's I think totally it turns. Different. No, no, no. I don't think it's different. different. I think it's that's imp making sure your kids are taken care of. I think it's important to communicate the relationship and the expectations. That's dependent on that individual right. and what that person's commitment was. And I think it depends on what their relationship was prior. Exactly. Understanding if I was living with you and you were a primary provider for me as well in our relationship and now I'm separate from your household, I may need still need some of your support until I'm stabilized. And so if that means paying a phone bill, paying an electric bill, whatever <laughs> it is, it is to a capacity. I'm not going to say that you have to, but it, nice. it may be something that you support. It doesn't mean that that's what you have to, but I'm not mad at that. Now, what I'm not going to allow is for you to continue to do this and sister girl ain't doing nothing for herself. No, you ain't paying my right. phone bill because you're going to tell me who to talk to. No. I'm not paying I, your phone I mean. bill. I will I will watch our son so you can go get you a second job and pay for your phone bill. If if <laughs> that, if that he's not in my... No. Oh, that's what you're doing. No, yes, that's what I'm doing. I okay, so, have, okay, so you can watch my so son while I go on right, the date. So when you said, so you said earlier, you said, you said boundaries, right? Mm -hmm. My boundary is I'm not going to take um, money out of my household to pay for you. I will pay for our son. You don't have to have a cell phone. You know, I come from a generation where there was no cell phones. So you don't necessarily <laughs> have to have, have a, a cell phone. Move, move back. Okay, you come from that generation, but in today's generation, this not it. So, so I look at we don't have to, she can have a she can have How a landline. They still her. have landlines. But oh you know my what? God. And they <laughs> no. But okay, but I see You know what I would do from. in that case? If that's the way you feel, that's that's what, that's not my number. Wife. No, that's not and my wife. And here's his stepmom's number. <laughs> but <laughs> if something come up, you know call what? them. They know where I'm at. They I'm, gonna come get me. That. I don't need a phone. I'm good with that. I am good with that. If he's at How school, how many men are? And you put my no, number no, no, no. down, and you put my uh, my wife's number that's down. That's because you're a good guy. Let's not talk <laughs> about you. We can't even we, use you. You're not even comparable because you're in the. This is a whole other conversation, but you're probably in the twenty percent. It's an eighty twenty. When it come down to good black men, let's Can talk we, about it. Let's get back. Yeah, to I, I, I'm gonna reel us back in <laughs> to the mental health of it because I feel like we could definitely continue to go on. So let me help help Ryan this back around. No, so the, the men, back on for another episode. <laughs> okay, just, so the, the mental the mental health aspect is I'm agreeing with you. I don't agree he should pay her bill. I I agree with Kervin. Not about the second job. I agree that's not your responsibility. Right. Mm -hmm. I feel like none of that is your responsibility. Mm -hmm. Now, when it comes down to your child, you can say, hey, this is what I can do. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Have them call me until you get your phone together. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. But I, I definitely absolutely see where you're coming agree. from. Um, like, even in the mental aspect of it, it gives you peace. So like me and my son's dad, we have a good co-parenting relationship. Hasn't always been like that. But throughout right. all the jobs, like the entire, they know, out of all the jobs that I've changed, like even now, I work an hour away. My son's in kindergarten. His dad picks him up from either school or daycare every afternoon. And he gets his homework done. He feeds him. He shows up for the soccer games. You As know, and I'm should. just, yeah, That's and I'm awesome. just not coming in. But everybody doesn't have that. And like right. even the... Every week he goes with his dad for overnight stays. 
and that gives me my break but everybody doesn't have that and so when it comes down to mental health they're going crazy mm -hmm. like they're depressed like anxiety is through the roof like absolutely and i think that goes back to Kirvin's question like what can our support systems do um especially for me i know when i when you first have a baby everybody wants to come and hold that baby but if you really want to help that mom Help that mom by washing the dishes. Wash the dishes. Help that mom by, yeah, I'm serious. If when you're talking about really wanting to help support that mom, because what happens is while the baby is woke, I'm, I'm taking care of the baby. I can't do anything. While the, while the baby's sleeping, I either got to sleep or I got to try to clean this house back right. up, get stuff back organized. Right. So if you want to be supportive in that way early on, do that. Or if you're going to come and sit with the baby, don't sit and keep them while they sleep. Mm -mm. Keep them while they woke and let me get a, a couple of hours you, of sleep. Absolutely. So there's yep. different things that you can do. As absolutely. a husband, I can't speak because I'm not married, but from a husband's perspective, in over that overnight stay, if you have the opportunity to alternate getting up versus staying in bed, allow that, creating that. That's what I've heard a lot of women say. So, I, again, not speaking for personal experience, but I've seen that because what that means is you're supportive in that journey. Mm -hmm. um, you know, allowing her to go out with her girls' days, those days. I, I like what Miriam talks about is being able to take those trips, and I think that's another thing of mom and gift, that if I'm out enjoying my life or having fun, I'm neglecting my parenting responsibilities, and that's not the case. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's why it was so important for me to get Miriam on because I'm learning from her. And, you know, she's taking trips. Homegirl takes trips. You know what I'm saying? She has fun. She did say she liked traveling. Yeah, <laughs> but she's also at the soccer game. Both of our kids play soccer. She's a soccer coach. We talk about teaching. Coaching? Yes. <laughs> we talk about teaching our children. We've uh, talked about, you know, teaching them words. We, we went to birthday parties, so she's yes. doing the parenting things as well. Because she's so blessed. Right. You know why? She's blessed to have a village in place. Right. If, if you paid attention, like not saying you didn't pay attention, but listening to her, that's that's what I think we're missing in today's society. Mm. Like you, you shouldn't have to have mommy guilt because you're a single parent. Of course, you have to do what you have to do if it's just you, 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 and you. Right. But at the end of the day, when you have that support system, it makes it so much easier. And like, even if you have friends, right. like I have the, some of the same friends I had in high school, I still have friends now. They used to literally come get my daughter and say, hey, I'm gonna take her for the day. That's it. Or pack my baby mm -hmm. up. And so it's not, it's just about having a village. I think that that village, it, it, cause you will go crazy mentally. Mommy guilt will be mommy depression. Right. <laughs> time job and I, I respect what I hear you saying because for me being not being from Greenwood originally I don't have family here um, you know my son's uh, family some of them are here but that's still his daddy's family shout out to his grandparents though uh, that's how Le I was Le Le Leroy and Gwendolyn that's my family um, those are my people I love them y'all don't nobody mess with them um, but they carry um, a lot they became a part of my support system. Shout out to Rod, Zach, um, Shan, Curtis, all of them too, because <laughs> when I had Dalton, I would not have been able to sustain without their support, without having that support system here, because it is a lot. It's a lot day in and day out. You don't know <laughs> what's going on. Oh, can't forget my sister, mom. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I could go through a list of people that really became my family became my village. Same and when you don't same here. Right. When you don't have that direct village, that's what I was talking about earlier. You gotta create that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you have to be comfortable with creating it. That's right. another form of mommy mm -hmm. guilt too. Now you just brought that to my attention. A lot of people don't feel comfortable with I deal with this with my daughter, mm -hmm. actually. Um, of course we don't have family here and now she's in Columbia. And so I relocated to Columbia because even though she has people there she feel like I don't want to be asking nobody to keep my baby right. or I don't yes. want my baby what if he don't want to go over there they got a dog he don't like dogs <laughs> like she she is I think with Miriam um saying she take trips that's very important for self-care mm -hmm. that that that's very important because that you can't feel guilty about that because mommy guilt will consume you and then what else are you left with? I'm mm -hmm. telling you, I experienced mm -hmm. that the second week after my son 
they, you know, they was pushing breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. Um, I caught mastitis, the infection, when you're breastfeeding, very common amongst women. Um, so I had to be hospitalized for a couple of days. Of course, my son couldn't stay. Um, so shout out to my sister again, Makita, <laughs> um, and Monty Lee. Um, mom, actually, they came and got my son, took care of him. When I got out of the hospital, they didn't let me go home by myself. Um, they let me come to their house. They, they had my baby. I'm upstairs. She's talking about sleep. That's what I need you to do. I'm in the bed crying. Lord, I can't even take care of my own baby. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pouring down tears that mommy guilt you're talking about um, and kind of what your daughter is experiencing because it's hard for you to take care of yourself. Hard, right. Mm-hmm. And I can't, you, I can't even put that in mind because you're thinking about this other person. You're thinking about this being that you're responsible, responsible for. for. Um, and so it gets you to that point of where there's a lot going on that creates and reinforces this idea of mommy guilt. And you really got to take a step back from it and really just breathe. Um, give yourself grace. I heard Kevin Samuels say that in a video, and it's really been my lifesaver. He talks a lot who? of trash. Kevin Samuels, <laughs> yes. Um, but he's got a particular video that talks about giving yourself grace. And as a mommy, you have to do that in order to protect your mental health. Because if you don't, the expectations of everybody else, what her parenting looked like, can't be what my parenting looked like because our children are not the same. We don't have the same resources. We don't live in the same environments. So I can't take away that she a great mother, but she can't take away that I'm a great mother and vice versa. And I think once you begin to understand that and it looks different, there are things that we probably have opportunities of improvement for in our parenting techniques, but you got to do the best that you can do with where you are now and then continue to improve upon that. And that's what I feel is very important when we're talking about mental health with children because our children are going to be a direct reflection of what we are and what we're struggling with because if we're struggling with depression for an extended period of time and anxiety especially even from a therapeutic standpoint a lot of times i see that in children Mm -hmm. Uh, i remember having a client who was strongly had a lot of anxiety and I couldn't get where it was coming from, but a lot of things, everything always had to be perfect. And I'm like, well, where did this derive from? It went back to mama, because that's how mama's schedule was. Everything had to be mm-hmm. perfect, but mama had to do that because she was the only one. So she had to know when, where, what, why, how long, so she could plan for her next event. But it was creating anxiety that now this child has to try to live with. So we're looking at the long-term effects of these things and why it's important for us as mothers to take them trips, to connect with these villages, to work with other people because we need that breathing, giving yourself space and giving yourself grace. Man, I appreciate this uh, mm-hmm. this topic. Um, I've learned a lot today just just listening to y'all dialogue about it. And I love the energy in the room, you know, everybody dialogue. I'm like, y'all going to, would you come back, Neil? Sure. Would you come back, Miriam? Miss Neil Ivory. As as I'm listening to you, I do an exercise um, with the uh, the guy group that I do. It's called Speak On It. And we have, like, different topics. And then just put out and we speak on it. Like, I think y'all would be really good for that that next topic. Especially you, Mill. You got opinion about everything. I, I have not an opinion, baby. A lot of times I speak from experience. Oh, so you got facts about everything. Mm -hmm. I, I promise you, when I tell you, people tell me I should write a book. When I tell you a lot of things that I've been through, I know all everything that I've been through, my story is a testimony. Mm-hmm. Almost everything you can talk about, I've been in an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. I have a child that deal with depression. I've been here with nobody. Like my mama, literally when we, my brother graduated high school, she like, y'all grown, I'm gone. You know what I'm saying? Like I've been there where I had to build my own foundation. I've been in a relationship where I had to learn to be the woman, learn to, Pipe down, I got this baby. He used to tell me that all the time. I got it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. You know, I had to learn how to be a partner. It's just, you just, I have so much. And I think uh, that's why self-awareness is is key, you know, and I know that's easier oftentimes too said than done, but mm-hmm. like D said, taking a moment, wait a minute, let me step back. First, let me extend myself some grace. Because although I know that there are sciences and theories and things and then books written by parents, 
I can't say it come with a guy, but it really don't come with a guy because everybody experience is yep. different and it's unique, you know, and it's ever evolving. Um, but really taking a moment to step back, breathe, praise yourself for where you are, what you've been able to do, reset, because that child or those children cannot survive without you. So if you're not in your well state, whatever that looks like for you, my kids going to pick up off of that. So I guess that can be our kind of self-awareness tips. And y'all let me know with my child. Hold on, wait. He may or she may be at, or they may be acting now, and that could be because of something I ain't got going, or I have going on, you know. But that's not that guilt. Mm-hmm. That's just let me check in with me and see what's going so on, you know. So, um, give give yourself <laughs> grace. You know what I'm saying? Breathe. The breath is so important. It allows space between what we're thinking and ultimately how we react. And teaching those same skills to our children so they know, oh, when mommy get upset, she breathes. <laughs> I'm going to breathe, too. Yep. And it, it's creating that social emotional regulation techniques, too, you know. Um, but it's all a learning <laughs> journey and it's experience. And, again, yep. I commend each and every one of you beautiful mothers up here. Um, coming from someone, I'm not a mom. I'm an auntie, though, you know, and I... A good I aspire one. to be a mom. Thanks. A um, that village. Keep going, that village y'all. Is important. <laughs> that is. village is important. So that village is so important. But that <laughs> skill that you're talking about, even now, mm-hmm. I've always been the one to my mother, and it goes down to like what Dee was saying. Like my mother, when she got upset, it was always give me a minute, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And I'm blessed that I had a family that communicated. I didn't even realize growing up, I used to be like, oh, God, we got to talk about this later. <laughs> but now I love it. And I and I was raising my kids the same way. And um, I just did a podcast on otherhood, the transformation. I ain't put it out yet. Oh. I just recorded it. The transformation of raising my adult kids from being kids to adult oh. kids okay. is a difference. Okay. So in that, the technique with us is, I need a break. And my son, because he always, you know, boys, they rah-rah, mm-hmm. you know, especially against their mama. And I'm one of the ones, I'm in your face. We going at it. What's good? <laughs> but so our thing is, I need a minute. And once we say that, we know I don't care how lit we is, how hot we is, is a cool down because we don't want to get disrespectful with each other. And then we come back. But I've done that with them ever since they was teenagers. I did have to choke a couple of nicks, but after that, <laughs> you know, we, we was good. But it's very important that that, that happens. I think so. And it's important, too, to realize that life is a transition. Um, you know, we talk about, and I think Miriam kind of put, mentioned this earlier, too, you know, going to school, getting your career, all of that is transitional. And so at some point early on, you may be working a full-time job, going to school, or, you know, working multiple jobs just so that you can get yourself in a position where you can be better. And, again, it's seeing yourself grace because that's not permanent. And I am so grateful that I realized that, um, you know, what I couldn't give my son back then, I can definitely give to him now. Um, no, he couldn't get a toy back then. Some mm-hmm. days when I meant no, I meant no. I remember my first, his first <laughs> Christmas, um, Femme Dollar had that buy two for get one half off. Yeah. <laughs> that was all that was up under that tree. Um, and now just looking at God's grace in terms of where we are now. But I don't forget for one moment what that looked like. And I'm so grateful for that experience because I had mommy get about that, you know, he should be, he deserved better than this. My boy supposed to be having a four-wheeler like everybody else getting for Christmas. Don't even allow that to consume your mind when you are a mother, when what you're doing, because your role is important. What I what that toy did, I don't even know what that toy is, them toys at. I don't even know what the toys I bought right, last Christmas you know, said. He don't know what it is. He don't know. <laughs> um, even in with that, I let mommy guilt lead me in the direction to where my kids always have the best J's, the newest PlayStation, the newest this, the new. And you know, even thinking back, even though they was happy on that day, a couple of weeks later it was gone. And I still, as a child, after my mother and my father divorced, because she was a she was a, a housewife, she didn't work, and so I learned that we were happier with just love. And I have stuff, stories that I'm not going to even take over and tell y'all, but stories. I remember my mama had mommy guilt. You know, it wasn't a name for it then. Mm. I think y'all just coined that. Y'all need to coin that. (laughs) But she was crying one Christmas because she couldn't give us anything. But 
we played games. She went and bought us some candy. We played cards for candy. And that was like literally one of the best Christmases ever because we were together and we all had fun. Mm -hmm. and, and that goes into play of all you can do is all you can do. Mm. And you are not supposed to stress yourself out or tire yourself out trying to do more. Mm. Because what you're doing and what you're giving your child is what you're supposed to be doing and giving them at that point in your life. And so the fact that you're striving to do better like that's enough for them like my like i have my pictures from graduation around the house my diploma my degrees and stuff sitting up and he's like mom you remember that day they gave you that bible it's a diploma but he's like you remember the day they gave you that bible and so he loves that and he remembers that like i don't know that right there is enough for me the only th and that's the only thing i was going to ask you how you say your son is happy and i know y'all probably need to end this so i'm gonna say this I, my two cents, what I really want people to get out of this is as far as mommy guilt is you, a lot of times is you and it's not the kids. So you don't want to reflect that on them. Um, one thing that I did, and I, and I think it's a good thing, I came up with this on my own this time, but we did family meetings from the time, because I was a single mother. When I started dating somebody, they knew about it because I wanted, their mental health was important to me. And it came from me being educated because I, I have a psychology degree as well. So it came from me being educated and knowing how important it was. So I tried to, to extend that to them. It was something that my mother didn't know about so she couldn't teach me. But we had family meetings where we would sit and everybody would openly discuss their feelings. And am, is mommy working too much? Am I, cause I went to school, I worked you know, stuff like that. And it was surprising, the things that, you'll be surprised at how strong kids are and how we feel guilty about things that we shouldn't. We uh, we had family meetings too, but they wouldn't, they wouldn't open like that. It was my daddy telling us what we was gonna be doing. Yeah, I know your daddy. Y'all didn't have a family meeting, no. y'all had a team meeting. Yeah. <laughs> and he was the coach. Yeah. And this is what the play yeah. is. Um, all right, so to, to kind of uh, the wrap up the episode or whatnot, I just want to give you an opportunity um, to tell more about what you got going on right now um, to the world. What I have going on? God is in what a blessing you don't have business. Going on. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, I can answer that faster. <laughs> yeah. um, no, just just my podcast again, Closed Door Conversations podcast. Um, I apologize to you guys if I'm a host. So it's a habit for me to run my mouth. <laughs> and I talk a lot anyway. That's why I created my platform. But <laughs> um, so closed door conversations, I'm on all platforms. Also A to Z Creations where I specialize in personalization. <laughs> I want to make you shy. Personalization <laughs> and pleasure. I sell adult toys. I have a kinky corner. I also sell adult toys there. I'm not, I'm not, you're not going to get me this. I wanted his well, you attention got when I, I wanted his attention when I said it. That's why I was pausing, but he yeah. wasn't acting right. Nah. That was the theatrics. I'm, I'm looking for uh, what you sent me that I wanted to share with everybody. It says, uh, Mia Ivory is from, she's a Texas Carolina girl, right? Um, currently living in South Carolina, but this is what I really love, the, the sentence I love. She's a communication specialist by trade, entrepreneur by hustle and podcaster via passion and gift the gab. And when I read that sentence, I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's definitely her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was trying to look that up while you was doing that talk, but I love that sentence. Don't make that a part of your name or something. I don't know. I love that sentence. But um, so you got the, the closed uh, conversation. You got the, the, the toys. Um, oh, you, I think I'm going to give you something. No, you know you're not. Um, <laughs> sis, uh, I'm going to pray over too. I'm going to say, ooh, Lord Jesus, let this put the oomph and the oomph and the eye. Uh, Sister Marion, <laughs> um, you got anything going on with you? Um, so right now I don't have anything going on. Um, just striving to get into my career goal. I'm close. Um, the goal is six figures by 30. Um, I got a look, I got a couple of years. Um, but it's from coming. traveling a lot, I like now it's either go back to school and get my doctorate, or I guess you can say invest as far as being a travel agent part time. I really like, I'm really thinking about that. 
Um, but yeah, networking. Other than that, I'm just going with the flow. Shout out to Miriam though, because you just just graduated. So shout out to yeah. you um, yeah. on that accomplishment. She went back mm-hmm. to school. I remember us talking about them conversations. Yes. She put that plan into action. So congratulations on you, you and wishing you both much success in all that you do. Yeah, thank y'all for coming out. Y'all could have been in anywhere in the world, but y'all here with us, and we appreciate that. Uh, if you have those of you that are watching the show, if you have uh, are listening to the show. If you have any ideas that you're interested in or would like to hear us talk about, um, send us a message on Facebook or Instagram. And while you're sending us that message, make sure you subscribe to Speaking with Gravity on Facebook and Instagram. We'll make it easy for you and put it into the show notes. Um, And that's it. That's a wrap for us. We out.